Hello and welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and I'm also the outreach minister here on staff. Did you know that God still has a plan for Israel? Well, he does, and today we're going to learn more about how God perceives Israel. For being a tiny parcel of land smaller than the state of New Jersey, Israel sure makes some headlines. But what does God really think about Israel today? Well, that's the topic that Rabbi Schneider is going to dive into, and there's so much more we can learn about Israel and God's chosen people when we let Scripture be our guide. Rabbi's message is from our series, God's Plan for Israel Now. Let's begin. One of the problems we face as a church today is we have spiritualized God's call upon Israel. I wanna talk about the plan of God for Israel now. Many in the church think that Israel is no longer relevant. They spiritualize the Bible as it relates to Israel. Consider, for example, the book of Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse six, where the Lord says here to Israel, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. I want to take a step back. Let's let the language of the Lord's tongue sink in here for a second. First of all, the Lord said to Israel, you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord continued there to say that God's call upon Israel and their destiny was unique out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. Now, many of us know the word holy comes from the root Hebrew word kadosh, and kadosh means to be separate, to be unique, to be set apart, to be different, something that's cut out or carved out. So something that is holy is different than everything else. So the Lord is saying about Israel, you are a unique people to me, unlike any other people. The revelation of monotheism to the world, that there's only one God, it spread to the planet from Israel. The Ten Commandments, the bedrock of Western civilization, has come into the planet through Israel. The prophetic writings came into the planet through Israel. And the Messiah himself, Jesus, came into the world through Israel as a Jew. And Jesus still sits in heaven, according to the book of Revelation, as the lion from the tribe of Judah. And he's coming back as the offspring of David. So Israel is very unique. And when I say that the church has spiritualized Israel, what I mean by that is that many in the church today are unmoved by the scriptures that pertain to Israel's destiny. They don't understand Israel's relevance. They understand the Bible talks a lot about Israel, but they relegate that to the past. They think that we're the church now. And because Jews don't believe in Jesus and the majority sense of the word, well, they don't enjoy the same relationship that I do with God and I have a destiny that they don't have. But to think like this, beloved, is missing a huge part of the equation. 
because Israel still has a very unique role and destiny to play in the Lord's plan of redemption. Now, let me start by saying this. There's always been a remnant of Jewish people that have come to faith. But we saw a mass number of Jewish people come to faith in the late 60s to the mid-70s in what is oftentimes called the Jesus Revolution. During this time of the late 60s into the 70s, there were many, many Jewish people that came to faith. And as a result of that, a unique entity was created. It was called the Messianic Synagogue or the Messianic Movement. And what happened was, previous to this movement, Jewish people would come to faith here and there, just like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, he was looking around and he wasn't seeing many Jewish people coming to faith during his lifetime. And the Lord said to Paul, listen, Paul, I've got a remnant of Jewish people on the planet that do believe in me. The Lord said to Paul, it's just like it was, Paul, in the days of Elijah. God said to Paul, Paul, remember Elijah? He thought he was the only one in the planet that was faithful to me, the Lord was saying. But God said back to Elijah, and Elijah said to the Lord, Lord, look, they've torn down your altars, they killed your prophets, and I alone am left. And then Paul says, but what was God's divine response to Elijah when Elijah called out to the Lord? God said back to Elijah, no, Elijah, I've got 7,000 that I've reserved for myself that have not bowed to the knee of Baal. Paul said, so too at the, res at the, at the present time, there's a remnant of Jewish people that have been chosen and saved and saved in the grace of God. So there's always been a remnant. From the time of Jesus up until today, there's always been a remnant. But what happened in the late 60s and 70s was suddenly there was almost an explosion of Jewish people that came to faith. Still a huge minority. But compared to what it was, it was a massive number of Jewish people that had come to faith in a small amount of time during this Jesus revolution period. And as a result of all these Jewish people coming to faith in Yeshua, the Messianic synagogue or the Messianic movement came into being. And the problem that the Messianic synagogue and Messianic movement were endeavoring to solve was this. Jewish people now coming to faith in masses compared to earlier times, they wanted to still live like Jews. They didn't want to give up their culture. They didn't want to stop celebrating Passover. They didn't want to stop going to synagogue on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. They wanted to remain true to their identity as Jews. And so as a result, the Messianic movement in synagogue was formed where the Messianic movement created this entity called a Messianic synagogue, which allowed Jewish people to come and worship Yeshua in a way that was culturally sensitive. They could believe in Jesus and still live like Jews. They could believe in Jesus and still celebrate Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah at their synagogue. They could still have Passover in their homes and have all the other Jewish believers that were part of their fellowship to come and attend, to you know, be involved in each other's homes for the Passover celebration. And so it was an incredible move of the Lord. And we believe that there's going to be another mass wave of enlightenment amongst the Jewish people where tens of thousands, more even than that, of Jewish people are gonna to come to faith around the same time in Yeshua, and that is gonna usher in the Lord's return. You see, 
if I can take a step back for a second, it's just important to kind of point this out. What happened in the lives of many Jewish believers before the 60s and 70s, before the Messianic movement was created, was a Jewish person here and there would come to faith in Jesus, and then they would be told, well, you know, you need to go to church, and then the Jewish person would go to church, and unfortunately, too often what would happen is they would go to a church, and the church would tell them, listen, now that you're a believer in Jesus, you need to stop living like a Jew. If they were keeping kosher, they were told you should stop eating kosher. You don't have to celebrate Passover anymore. You should celebrate Easter. And they tried to basically strip them of their Jewish identity. And that was such an error in the mind of the church to think that Jews should no longer live like Jews. Paul said that each man should remain in the state that he was called. If you were called as a Jew, still walk like a Jew, not as one that's under the law, one that has liberty in the spirit, but you don't stop being Jewish. And so I'm simply saying that this is a huge mystery. It's the mystery of the church and Israel. And we're gonna dwell deeper into this mystery in this series because I want you to understand that Israel is not just important to us because of what God did through Israel in the past. There is still a modern prophetic call upon Israel. And what happens to Israel will directly affect you. Because when Israel comes to faith in mass, Paul tells us that's gonna result in life from the dead for the entire church. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi will be right back in a moment. It's our prayer that today's message has been a blessing to you so far, and we hope that it enriches your walk with Yeshua. If you have a prayer request, we invite you to submit it online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Our team lifts up every individual request before the Lord, and it would be our pleasure, privilege, and honor to pray for you and your family. At Discovering the Jewish Jesus, we are looking for like-minded people who are ready to partner with us. If you're sensing the Lord leading you to offer a financial gift of support, would you please contact us today? Become a monthly partner. Go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com or to give a gift of any amount today, just call 800-777-7835. And now here's Rabbi Schneider with the rest of today's message. Let's move now into the book of Romans as we get a greater understanding of this by looking at the heart of the Apostle Paul. I'm looking in the book of Romans now. I'm going to chapter nine. I'm gonna be reading there verses number one through four. The grass withers and the flowers fade, beloved ones, but the word of the Lord abides forever. Hear the word of God. Paul says this, I'm telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit. I want you to see here that Paul's about to share his burden. He's about to share his heart. Notice that he says that his conscience is testifying with him in the Holy Spirit. That tells me that the burden of Paul here is also the burden of the Holy Spirit. This is not just Paul's unique burden as an individual, Paul is sharing with us the burden of the Holy Spirit as well. I'm telling the truth in Christ, I'm not lying. 
My conscience testifies with me in the Ruach, the breath of God, the Ruach HaKodesh in the Holy Spirit. And here he continues, verse two, that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were a curse separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites. So Paul is just breaking in his heart because the majority of his people are not believing. He continues on, to whom belongs the adoptions as sons and daughters, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple, and the promises. So Romans 9 begins and continues with the unveiling of Paul's desire to see Israel saved. Now, there's probably not anybody that's listening to me right now that considers himself a believer in Yeshua. Probably not one of you would say, I don't want to be like Paul. We all want to be like Paul. I mean, he wrote most of the New Testament. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So we all want to be like Paul. So we should consider if we want to be like Paul, we should want to have Paul's heart for Israel. And I right now speak over you a spirit of revelation and release an impartation of God's love for Israel into your soul and into your mind. Father, we ask you to give us your heart's desire and passion for your first covenant people and that you'll give us revelation to understand their role in your plan. Let's continue on Romans chapter 10. Paul speaking, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. Many in the church today don't even want to hear about Israel's unique role in the plan of God because many in the church feel like we're the important ones. We're the special ones. Many leaders feel like Israel lost their place. I'm the special one now. I'm the leader. So they don't want to see Israel take their place. They don't want to see Israel as the head of the nations anymore because they feel like that is going to take away from their place. What I'm describing for you is a very real dilemma. Many leaders in the church, they push Israel off to the side. They don't want to hear that Israel has an important role in God's heart right now because they think that if Israel has an important role, that somehow that takes away from their role as the leaders. But we need to understand Israel does have a forerunner role. They are still unique in the earth. They will be in the millennial period. They will be in the new kingdom. But Israel's unique role as the head of the nations does not take anything away from anybody because in heaven, everyone's going to feel like they're God's favorite. And any role that Israel plays will be played as a servant, a servant to the nations. So there'll be no glorying in ourselves, neither individually or nationally, because everyone's going to be a servant. Everyone's going to feel, each one of you, will all feel like we're God's favorite. We're all going to feel perfectly loved and affirmed. No one's going to resent anybody. No one's going to be jealous of the neighbor. And so we should not be threatened by Israel's role as the chief of the nations in the age to come. Because we know that God is going to reign from Israel, okay? We're going to go to the city whose 
Gates are inscribed with the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 Jewish apostles. And Jesus is going to reign from that place as the lion from the tribe of Judah and the offspring of David. It's going to be a very Jewish place. Paul once again says, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. And then he says this, for I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. What is Paul doing? He's affirming the zealous, the passion and the zeal that the Jewish people of his time had for God. They were sincere, they were serious, but he said it wasn't in accordance with knowledge. But Paul said, despite their zeal, they missed something. They missed the fact that God has come to dwell inside us. And this can only happen when we receive him through the person of Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. There's an anointing on Israel, but it's the difference between what Jesus said, my spirit is with you, he said, but will be in you. The anointing is on the Jewish people, but when we receive Messiah, the anointing comes from the outside to the inside. So Paul says, I bear them witness. They've got a zeal. There's something there. It's a holy passion. But if we miss Yeshua, beloved, we miss the fulfillment of what all the scriptures point to. So Paul's heart is breaking because he sees the sincerity of his people. He sees their zeal. He sees their intention. But unfortunately, without Yeshua, it's unable to bring us in to the type of relationship with God that is craved deep inside the human heart. Despite Israel's national rejection of Messiah, what does God say about them? Paul continues in Romans 11. Hear what he says in Romans 11:1. God has not rejected his people. God's call upon Israel is irrevocable if God's role upon Israel is irrevocable, what does that mean? What is the call upon Israel? And what place are they playing in redemptive history today for you and I? And what role will they play in the future? It's important for us to understand because we want to get into agreement with the Holy Spirit. We began today's broadcast by talking about how Paul cried out, his conscience testified with him in the Holy Spirit. Paul had a burden for Israel that was in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I pray, beloved one, for you and I, that God would give us that same burden for Israel's salvation. Because the scripture tells us, when Israel comes to faith, when there's a mass of Jewish people that come to faith in Yeshua, it's gonna be like life from the dead for the entire church. You know what that means? We're gonna be blessed. There's gonna be revival on the planet. The glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea at Yeshua's return. And Yeshua will return when there's a critical mass of Jewish people that are calling out Baruch Haba B'Shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and this is the daily teaching program of Rabbi Schneider. And well, today's message provided some examples of how God perceives Israel. And if you'd like to join with us as we speak into the lives of God's chosen people all around the world, we would love for you to become a monthly partner with us. Here's Rabbi to tell us more. Shalom, beloved. I'm reading from the book of Mark, chapter 12, verse 41. And he, speaking of Jesus, sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. It's interesting to note here that God in the flesh was actually watching how people were responding to his love with their finances. And you know what? He's doing the same with you and I today. We need to honor the Lord appropriately with our wealth. If he is using discovering the Jewish Jesus to feed you and bless you, beloved, it's appropriate and biblical to honor God through discovering the Jewish Jesus with your finances. I wanna simply ask you to do this. If the Holy Spirit is nudging you now, kind of knocking at your heart to honor God with your financial gift through discovering the Jewish Jesus. Beloved, just be obedient. I'm promising you there's always a blessing for obedience. If God is leading you to partner with this ministry today, then I'd like to invite you to call us and give a gift of any amount. You can send your tax-deductible gift in the mail to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or give when you call 800-777-7835. You can also give a donation online when you go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world. And as a token of our appreciation for your kind generosity, we'll send you a select audio CD of Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month, and it's also available as a digital download. You know, we receive cards and letters and emails from all over the world, and so many lives are being touched and changed through God's Word. And I'd like to take a moment right now to read one that I think really captures the heart of our mission and why we are so grateful that we get to talk about God and His kingdom. God brought discovering the Jewish Jesus across my path several years ago. Since then, God has renewed my spirit, rekindled the spark in my heart, and returned hope. Also, because of my excitement, my mother and sister began listening to the program. They even picked back up their Bible studies and returned to faith in Yeshua before their deaths. Rabbi, this ministry is truly changing lives and renewing souls. Wow, 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 what a testimony. You can send in your own testimony to us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. That's discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And now to wrap up today's message on how does God perceive Israel, With a special blessing, here is Rabbi. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, When you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartations of the Lord's blessings. 
you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Join us again next time when Rabbi Schneider shares a new message regarding the power of Israel's salvation. That's Wednesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.